We apologize in advance, but we lost our footage and now our intro makes absolutely no sense. Sorry. Hi guys. Hello, hello. As you can tell, we got a soundboard and we're kind of low-key obsessed with it. So excited. I feel like we're totally professionals now. As you can tell, our mics are probably different. The quality is just perfection. We're like fancy and we're wearing like headphones this time. Headphones. It feels weird. We're in a studio. It's just such a like weird like comparison to like last week. Yeah. I mean, I know our episodes are probably like out of order, but like when we were like at my house. Oh my god. And it's just like us like sitting on my couch holding onto our microphones like under blankets so it's like yeah. not too echoey to like this. Like I feel so like posh. So posh. And it's funny because you can't see us, but we literally last week when we were recording at our house we're inside blankets. Like our mics was covered. We're covered. Maybe I'll post it on our story just to like show people. Cause I did take a picture of oh, you. Remember? Did you? I yeah. haven't seen it. Yeah. Okay. You can post it. Okay. Perfect. That's so funny. How are you? I'm good. Usual type yeah. of stuff. This is like so exciting. It's so weird that I can like hear <laughs> you in headphones. I can't control it. It's so weird. It feels so weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Well, to start off this week, you said you had a story to start. Well, yes, I am fresh off a flight from Alberta. Uh, this last weekend, I spent the five days with like 80 people, <laughs> 30 family members at a cousin's wedding. It was beautiful. It was gorgeous. It was negative 14. Um, but when we were getting ready for the rehearsal dinner, I said something that became a joke of the whole weekend. And my cousins and my sister was like, I've never done that before. You need to talk to your friends because that's really weird. So we're getting ready for the rehearsal dinner. And I was saying how <laughs> this is for every big event in my life. Leading up to it, I take off my makeup, I start putting my hair up, I don't really look that good for when the moment comes, I look really good. So <laughs> the rehearsal dinner, we're like, what are you going to wear? I'm like, well, I don't want to look that good because tomorrow I want to look fabulous. And everyone just like looked at me. No, I get that. Okay, exactly. Thank you. They looked at me. I said something like kind of funny, like I want to look like shit tonight. So I look gorgeous tomorrow. And they're like, what? We've never heard of that. We've never done that. I have like our Christmas party, the week leading up to our Christmas party. I don't wear makeup. I put my hair up. I'm wearing sweaters because I want to look good for the party. Okay. Okay. I get what <laughs> wavelength you're on, but I feel like we do it for like different reasons. Okay, okay. For me, for example, I always like, like in high school, if there was a, um, like a school dance, yeah, yeah, yeah. I would always look like shit during the day. Same thing for yeah. our Christmas party. I do like, I don't wear makeup. I no. don't really do anything. Like I wash and blow dry my hair and it looks the shittiest it will ever yeah, look yeah. in public. Cause I, we don't have enough time to shower no. um, before we go to the Christmas party. Well, at least I don't have enough time to like <laughs> do the full shebang before I the party. Um, but for me, it almost comes down to like effort. Like yeah. I don't want to like do my makeup twice in one day. It's almost like you have like, like you're playing a video game and you have like a bar yeah. and you're like, you only have so much effort in a day or power to put into your makeup. So you're like, I'm not going to do shit no. and, and just conserve all of that until the moment that you want it to be like that. And the weekly nap, you don't want acne. You want your fresh like skin to be as yeah, fresh as it really can be. Yeah, it's really hard on your skin to wear yeah. makeup during the day and then wash it and then go out again at night. So I don't it became like, like a huge joke every time we'd go somewhere. Like <clears throat> we got to look like shit because tomorrow's the wedding. Like <laughs> <laughs> they didn't understand me and my cousin was like you need to bring this up on the podcast like I don't think anyone has ever done that or have that mentality I was like I bet you a lot of people do 
No, I, I'm totally with you. That's so funny. Like, but. even, like, when I went to, like, a traditional, like, Catholic wedding where you go to, like, the church and then you have, yes. like, the five hours in between. Yeah. Like, I, you have to look good for both, but you wear totally different outfits. You don't chill in the same outfit the whole day. No. Because it's, like, church appropriate versus, like, nighttime yeah. formal sort of thing. You're not going to wear, like, a ball gown to the church sort of thing. Yeah. Um. But I remember for that one, like I did my, I had to do my makeup that morning too. I wasn't like not going to do my makeup, yeah. but I remember just being like, I'm doing the simplest version simplest. of absolutely everything. And then I just went bam right. at night. Oh, yeah. I know. Yeah. This wedding had similar. It was on super, super bowl Sunday. Wow. That was hard to say, <laughs> but they got married at like noon and then the dinner was until six and it was negative 14 degrees. Outside. Six hours to kill. It was crazy. Hours? But uh, math, somewhere around there. <laughs> but like we wore the exact same outfit for the ceremony and the reception. And it was like such a mistake because I wore the thinnest dress that had no warmth to it. And it was like negative 14 degrees. And I had a fake fur cheap jacket on. Like I was freezing. I wish I wore, we were joking about like wearing snow pants. To the, and I honestly wish I did to stay warm. <laughs> I, it just like blows my mind. Like are your cousins from yeah, they're Canmore. from Cal- Cal- Calgary, Calgary. So Arroway. So they're used to this like insanely cold. Yeah. Uh, like for, unacceptable. And for people that are not from Canada, it's like Lake Louise. I'm sure you know Banff. It's like an hour away from that. So it's like really cold in the Rocky Mountains in Canada. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Oh, I couldn't, I mean, it's like dry cold versus wet cold. Like it's so funny. I just saw a meme the other day that people are always <laughs> saying that, that Vancouverites are always like, it's colder here because it's like a wet cold. It's not a dry it's cold true. like it is on the east. But it's true. It's, it's always true. wet here. You feel it like down to the bone almost. But, but Calgary, oh my God, it was so I don't cold. know how you weren't like out or how you were outside in a dress and like didn't actually get like frostbite. It just doesn't make sense to me. My hands are still red. Like I didn't bring gloves that weekend it was like such a mistake and as you can probably hear my voice I lost it from screaming and yelling talking all weekend and I'm waiting for the cold you know so oh and it'll hit you it'll hit you soon you of all people I'm really scared because we're traveling in three weeks for work so I gotta keep my immune system up I've taken my vitamin c daily Got to keep the coronavirus, like, you got to keep healthy so you don't get that. Oh, my gosh. My mom, not to drag this story out even longer, but on the way to the, on the way to Calgary, she, I thought she was kind of joking. She's like, I'm going to go to the dollar store and buy us all gloves and, like, wet wipes, and we're just going to stay really clean and, like, safe. And she shows up to the airport, you know, with her gloves, but she packed them instead of traveling, like, her, <laughs> until her carry-on. And so we get through security, and she's like, oh, my God, I packed our gloves. And we're like, oh, no, what's going <laughs> to happen? So she goes up to the security guard and asks them for their blue surgical gloves. And I have a video of her getting I, I yeah. saw it on your Instagram, actually. So <laughs> she, they actually gave it to her? She, she actually gave it to her, and she wore it until we left the airport and went into the car rental. Wow. Was, and on the way back, exact same thing. It was the funniest thing ever. I mean... Yeah, it makes sense, but as long as she's not touching her face, which would be the same as if you weren't wearing gloves, I suppose. Totally. And she went to the washroom and she like washed her hands with her gloves on. It was the <laughs> she's like, it's so weird Stop. washing my gloves. I was like, wait, you didn't take your gloves off. You I mean, I guess off. if she had her pack, she would have changed them more often. But she's like, shit, this is all I got. Yeah, that's all I got. I got to work with that. So oh. that was my weekend. It was really fun. Well. I'll, I'll tell you about my my apology of the week kind of summarizes. Ooh, <laughs> That's my favorite part because like we don't know what we're apologizing for. So yeah, yeah. Okay, so the reason why everyone's here today, mm-hmm. influencers, 
and what Tony Rose and I do like for a living because we've kind of briefly talked about it before right casually but I feel like people that don't know us are like what the heck do they do because they keep on talking about youtubers and how they're so immersed into the culture but we never really fully explained what and how yeah, so to kind of like break it down, this is how I explain it to people, especially when I'm like really at hard. the airport and they're <laughs> like, and you're traveling for work and they're like, what do you do? And I'm just like, here we go. Cause it's always like an older person that just like doesn't yeah. actually like really understand YouTube as a platform or a landscape. But I'll say I manage YouTubers and influencers with mm-hmm. like Instagram followings, very similar to how a traditional celebrity has an agent. Yes. And that's like the simplest form. And there's definitely, you can dive it down into like more levels, which we'll get into. But again, at the end of the day, Tony Rose and I both have a roster of clients underneath us mm-hmm. that have mainly large YouTube followings. Yep. They obviously have Instagram followings as well, but we're kind of one of the people in their lives that kind of make the merry round yeah. go round. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of our clients youtubers they have traditional managers they have the agencies and like we're just one of them where they're youtube talent managers yeah so that's actually like the first point is like where we fit amongst (laughs) other managers in the food chain so let's say okay let's just take like an influencer let's let's just pick like an example for this whole podcast that we can refer to let's say no (laughs) i was gonna say logan paul oh okay sure Uh, okay okay logan paul yeah. Sure, because like everyone kind of knows who he is, I guess. Yes. Okay, so let's say Logan Paul, he has his traditional manager. And like managers can be a, like a traditional agent, yeah. which you have to have like certain licensing for, or you're just like a manager. Just a man, yeah. Day yeah, day. so like, but like there's only like a couple of big companies that are actually licensed as agencies, which like I don't actually even know off the top of my head because there's like very so few of them. Everyone else is pretty much just considered a manager. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I would The only one that comes to my hand is WME, but I don't know if that's, I ha- wouldn't. I, I honestly, know. I'm just like blanking off the top yeah, of my head. Um, but he can have, he can work with an agency and a manager. Yeah. So, yeah. And then he can also work with us, which we are on an MCN level, mm-hmm. which stands for multi-channel network. So we do have clients that like they have their day-to-day manager who is like our main contact and we talk to them for everything. Um, and then they also have an overall agency that's getting them other types of opportunities. They'll also have PR agents as yeah. well. Like there's so many different people within this food chain, but we all like, at the end of the day, you can all harmoniously work together, totally. but there are so many situations where you have one person that just is like the. Do it all. Well, like, it's just like, like a manager that just like, doesn't want you to talk to the creator ever. doesn't yeah. like, you don't even know half the time if they're like forwarding off the opportunities. Totally. So you're just like, w- this isn't a harmonious relationship. Cause it's not doing anything for anyone. Like, why am I even here? Yeah, totally. Sort it, of thing. it is a weird relationship when you're only talking to the manager and you never have direct contact with the creator yeah because yeah like you said you never know if your message is getting crossed them you want to make sure that they're happy you just don't really know yeah i would say like we're kind of like not to like downgrade what we do because what we do a lot for our creators and not all of our creators have other managers sometimes like we're the only person that they have but in terms of like the agents the pr people like we're probably like the lowest on the totem pole in in terms of the 
importancy yeah. level. But when they have an issue, we're really important because like the interesting thing about YouTube creators, a lot of them, they don't have a direct point of contact with YouTube. Yeah. So it's like, you can't just email YouTube. You just yeah. can't, can't get on an email and email them your issue. It's like, you have to go through us who we directly deal with YouTube and we can get, you know, basically get shit done for you. And half the time we don't even have to go to YouTube because we just have like the in-house expertise 100%. to like deal with stuff. Like for myself, I've been doing this for like going on four years now you've been in it for what like a year and a half um yeah i've been in the company for three years but i've only been in talent manager for a year and a half yeah but honestly like i think it's like you learn so quickly because it's so like quickly. every day you have like a new puzzle to figure out for a creator <laughs> yeah so seriously. i guess like examples of like issues that they'll come to with us is like if one of their videos got like demonetized like not suitable for advertisers yeah yeah. so they get like limited ads on stuff which i guess again we'll like break this down simply (laughs) simpler once we get to that like the next thing that i had on the list was the types of creators that we work with right so there are certain companies similar to ours that like specialize like there used to be a company called style hall that was very specific to just like beauty and lifestyle influencers correct but here like we work with like literally anyone and everyone anyone and everyone (laughs) Like, to sports, to gaming, to beauty, to fashion, yeah, to chefs, to build it yourself, DIY, like car people, anyone. Yeah, like for our team at the end of the day, like it's not up to us to decide like who we work with. Like there is a separate team like within the company that's like reaching out to creators to mm-hmm. find like good ones to bring into the company. And if they find someone that, you know, is of a certain size, then they come to our team. Totally. Sales team are always very valuable. Yeah. <laughs> They're yeah, a big yeah. part of our I company. Think, I think for me though, personally, if I find like a really good channel, I'll like send it to one of our sales team and I'm like, can you please try really hard to sign this person? Cause like we want to work with them and try and make something happen. Oh, totally. I have friends in sales. If I find a good channel, I'm like, oh, if this is free, take it. Yeah. This is yeah, a good yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. But I guess that's like the simplest way to put it. We don't want to like say names. No, Cause we course. can't like say any like personal stories. Confidentiality is a huge thing with us. Yeah. Very much so. Yeah. Um, so let's break it down what we actually do for our clients. Totally. So first things first, which is like the holy grail of what every influencer <laughs> wants is brand deals. Brand deal. Hashtag ad. Hashtag sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> that is what we do. We bring those hashtag ads to them. Yeah. So in the YouTube world, people make money off of AdSense. Like yeah. the ads that run before your videos. That's how YouTubers are making money. And you can make like five dollars a month you can make up to like hundreds of thousands of dollars a month like it's insane the amount of money some people can make but for some people that aren't making enough i mean there are people that are definitely making enough they do want to like supplement some of their revenue by doing some brand deals on top of that totally and which is where we come in which is where we come in yeah um brands do sometimes go directly to creators but creators at the end of the day a lot of them are really young haven't worked a full-time job they just are like i have no idea how to price myself i have no idea what my value is and they can go on the spectrum where they're like they're either pricing themselves way too low or they're pricing themselves way too high high. it's most of the time it's way way too too high high. but you get that like golden egg that they come in and they're priced like thousands of dollars cheaper and you're like you are worth way more than that it's just (laughs) kind of like 
I don't know. Like, I think as long as like the brand is right, like there's a reasonable, like, you know, if you're worth $10,000 for an integration and yeah. they're like, we'll pay you three, like that's way too much of like a disconnect. Totally. But if it comes really close and it comes down to like $2,000 difference, it should really be like who you want to associate yourself with totally. for future integrations or even like for case studies. Or even, yeah, it's like if you love the brand and right now they're offering you like a little lower than expected, you should start the relationship, take the deal. And then hopefully if it goes well, and your engagement's good you can work with them again yeah like most brands don't want to do just one-off videos like they want to find ambassadors so I think another aspect to brand deals is like so many creators are just like money 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 Mm -hmm. some of them will just like take any deal that they get and just forget that like when you're actually doing the integration you have to put like heart and soul into it so you're audience actually responds to it yeah because so many times they'll just do it and just like read the talking points off and it just won't resonate and it won't do well no you can totally tell when an influencer is actually into the brand yeah and like sometimes even even like for podcasts for instance like brand deals i've noticed that they talk about the products and then literally two weeks later it's an ad so that's you can tell like obviously they love the product they've talked about it organically and now the brand has reached out and now they you know joined in partnership Yeah. So basically one of our bigger roles and one of our biggest asks from creators is to bring these sponsorship opportunities, Mm -hmm. um, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram and we always try our best, but I think like the biggest challenge that we have is just pricing. Totally. Cause like, it's kind of like, you're just adding like another middleman obviously, but we're working hard. Like we do so much. Well, majority of people do so much outreach. I'm don't, (laughs) I should be doing way more. I do so much. Yeah, Yeah. I reach out a lot. But also it's like interesting because I know you guys get bored of the, or like annoyed with the hashtag ad, but you know what? That's legally, you're supposed to be there and you're not supposed to be fooled by them. So yeah. It's good and to I mean, know for, an ad. for someone that's like only doing Instagram, that's their only revenue source. Totally. If they're not doing both, like them doing ads, like, like Alana Mc, mm, what's her, Alana Davison. Yes. Love her. She's Love like her. a local, like Vancouver, right? But I think she's in Toronto now. Like mm-hmm. she does so many ads on Instagram so and she's a big YouTuber as well, but she's doing them with amazing brands, like amazing big makeup brands. brands that like, they're not these like, you know, Chinese random makeup brands yeah. that are going to like ruin your skin. Like they're like Lancome, yeah, Estee tea, Lauder. Teeny tea or tummy tea or whatever. Oh God. That's teeny actually tea. like, yeah, Teamy tea. They're actually like, Teamy tea is not bad. We, I've worked with them before on a campaign, but I think it's when you get into like the flat tummy. The flat tummy, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to bash any brand. It mostly just comes down like some creators that is what they actually use. use yeah. um, but for others, like it's actually like, that's the number one thing I've heard from people is like, I don't want to promote those teas. Yeah. Cause it just doesn't set like a good example for like their young followers. Oh, totally. And like, I appreciate the creators that like to a certain degree, they're like, I don't believe in that I can't do that but then there's definitely other ones that are like "Ah, I'll just take the quick buck and that's the type of like brand deal and company it's like if you don't use that product you shouldn't be advertising with it because it's like I don't know I think there's a lot of products though that people don't even know exist so like that's totally yeah so like function of beauty for example Mm -hmm. like which is like a very up-and-coming like customized like shampoo and conditioner like a lot of the creators that I spoke with about had like never heard of it before and it's like just because you haven't heard of it doesn't mean it's really cool but exactly yeah but you have the you're talking about Lana who has like such high quality products she only works with like the big brands then you have like the opposite of creators who will take whatever if you've noticed the bachelor franchise oh my god you know that's a traditional type not youtuber but it's a celebrity and like they have come you know a lot of people go on the show now to get these brand deals and 
Jaden Tanner Tolbert as an example like they moved to LA he quit his job at the dealership and literally was out front with it being like we make so much money from our Instagram that I don't have to work I can stay home and it's like a full-time job I know we'll get into it later but a lot of people bash people saying that's not a real job but you know it takes a lot of time to secure these deals get the products you know come up with a plan but you'll see Jaden Tanner they have like one to two brand deals a day on their Instagram stories and feed it's quite impressive and honestly like it must be working for them like their fans must be into it if they keep getting like repeat business from the same brand that's what i'm saying and if you are doing one to two brand deals a day and still getting the results like that's insane the influence that they have is incredible yeah they're really big in the franchise so i think it's just like really knowing where you stand again like in the food chain because and their kids are so cute yeah oh my god there's like one quick story that i'll say of like a brand Mm -hmm. that just went like totally like crazy um is kind of like a a a fail i guess in a sense there was a brand called like edu birdie and it still exists oh my god right i forgot about that yeah like basically it's like a brand where you can get people to like write your essays and stuff for you like your college essays like you just pay someone to do it so it's technically like i'm not going to call it plagiarism because like I don't really fully understand yeah, how know. they're getting like a loophole around it, but I was actually like going to do an integration with someone, and I kind of thought like eh, this is a little bit shaky. Um, but I was like, so many other influencers are doing it, like pretty well known influencers, yeah. and they were paying like okay money. They were the type of brand that's like we'll book in like ten videos, and like they would get like a discount sort of mm-hmm. thing, and literally like a week before like the integration was supposed to go live like on my end well like not me but um this like news reporter or something like they kind of just like broke apart like at yeah. edu birdie like they're just like this is plagiarism blah, blah blah so then youtube kind of like intercepted and was just like okay anyone that has sponsorships with edu birdie your video is being taken down yeah so and we crazy. had so many people like so many of our clients that were affected by it where like we had to go in and like swap their video or like take that chunk out. So YouTube would like put their video back up yeah. and some video or for some videos it worked. Um, but for some videos it didn't. And YouTube was like, it's not really like Sorry, our problem. Yeah. And we try our hardest to like navigate stuff like this, but it's kind of frustrating because it's not really a jurisdiction in totally. my opinion for YouTube to be involved in. I, I kind of agree. And also like that just, another point on like what we do it's like basically we do damage control (laughs) yes that's the perfect way to put it we step in when there's an issue and like it's usually not proactive it's reactive Reactive. and we're trying to like save ass and make sure that our clients are still protected so that's another example of like what we do and like swapping audio and taking clips and making sure that their video is okay in terms of youtube yeah that's like one of like the dire circumstances i had one guy where i had to do like 300 audio swaps i helped her with that that yeah. was pretty painful having yeah. a spreadsheet of all links and then you have to go in oh and my gosh. you know if if someone uses a song that's not legally theirs you know the company or the label has all right to go and claim your video which means that the money that you would originally make as the creator now goes to the label because they own the rights to that song so alex and i you know it was alex Alex's partner and we went in and helped them, you know, swap 300 odd clips of basically just like muting that 30 seconds that yeah. was in the video. And just like hoping that that was enough for the company to be like, okay, fine, you can have your full monetization yeah. back sort of thing. So, I yeah. That's so, crazy. moving on to events. So, Fighting. for us within our company, events are like really important. I mm-hmm. feel like not 
other MCNs don't have as much of a big footprint on events as we do. Totally. So there's like two main ones that we go to Playlist Live, which is actually coming up in Ooh. like less than a month for us, which so takes crazy. place in Orlando. And then we have VidCon, which is around June, July time um, in Anaheim, California. Right by Disneyland. <laughs> and we all know she's a Disney freak. Honestly, and Orlando, Disney World. Going to VidCon was like, because I, I think... Well, I'm not going this year because it's the exact same weekend as my wedding, but so sad. it would have been like my, I want to say like fourth, fourth time. Wow. And it like truly has enabled me to become like my <laughs> disgusting Disney self because it's that. like, it's literally three blocks away from where we stay. That's and when crazy. we fly, we fly always on like the afternoon of like the Sunday. So there's like you, if you wake up early, you can get like a good, like five, six hours in there. That's but nice. I'm excited. It's my first year for both playlists and VidCon. It's going to be so exciting for so you. So exciting. I helped plan playlists last year and now I get to go. Yeah. So basically what we do on our end and like, actually I'll let TR talk about it, Cause you're actually like doing all the planning for it. So why don't you explain it? Oh gosh, we do a lot. So specifically for playlists, like, you know, we are actually a sponsor and we have a lounge and this is kind of our VIP lounge where we have, we host all our creators that are featured and by featured meaning is like, if you're a featured creator at this event, you get to be part of the programming. So you get to have meet and greets and panels and you're actually part of the weekend and fans come and get to watch the panels and get to meet you and take your photo. It's really exciting. So we have kind of like a VIP area where all the feature creators can go with their team and we have a lounge there and we set up literally everything. We book our creators flights, our hotels. We make sure logistically everything's set up for them to literally just come and have a seamless weekend. And maybe you can talk on like when we're there at the events, I know that we act as obviously talent managers, make sure they get to and from their meet and greets, make sure they're hydrated, they have enough food. Like. Yeah. So a lot of it comes from like the pre-planning is just making sure like flights and hotels and whatnot are like all taken care of Yeah. and the programming that they're on. Most of the times I know for playlists, they'll put almost like everyone onto a meet and greet because I awesome. feel like the demographic is really young there. Like it's like 13 to 17 year olds and mm -hmm. it's such a wild event because it takes place in like the Orlando World Center Marriott and it's just this giant hotel that just playlist takes over for the weekend so crazy. and like I can't wait for you to see because the <laughs> lobby is just filled with like 13 14 year old girls like in crop tops and short shorts oh, and they're all just like waiting for their little like boy crush creators to right, like walk oh out gosh. there and they literally like will mob them and scream and because you and i are gonna have like these like all access passes right. they always just like stare at you and they're like who, who is, is that? that and they're just like trying to like they're staring at you just trying to figure out if you're somebody and yeah, so to kind of break down what we actually do, yeah, we like if someone has like a meet and greet or a panel, we're responsible for actually making sure they get there on time. And actually just like as a manager, you just want to see what your creators totally. do. Like you want to be like them. proud mama bear type mm -hmm. of moment. Um, but like Tiara was saying, like we have our VIP lounge that's like only available to creators. Like if you think about it, like a let's take like Comic-Con, for example, yeah. like you have your like celebrities that go and then they obviously have their VIP areas where they hang out in between mm -hmm. what they're doing. Like green um, rooms. Yeah, and a lot of them are kind of like swag stations. Like last year, Tarte had an entire lounge and they just were giving away all the Tarte stuff. I still have so leftovers. Jealous. I know, and they're not there this year. I know, year. but you gave me a tape shape. 
Shape um, tape. Shape tape. Yeah. Oh, well, that's I'm a good consolation. I can't even, like, describe to you how much stuff I got last year from them. Like, even as a manager, I just, like, made really good friends with the guy. That's amazing. And he gave us a ton of stuff. Like, I was probably, like, 10 pounds over in my suitcase just because it's, like, all liquid. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. So. That's funny. Oh, I can't wait. I, I had know. to, like, I was, like, super over. So, like, the woman that was like at the airline counter. She's like, you're gonna have to take some stuff out. And luckily I had like a bag and I just took it as like a carry on. Oh, that's nice. But like freaking cat, like our boss, like she goes in and she's like 20 pounds overweight <laughs> and the guy didn't even notice and just let her do it. And I was oh like, what? <laughs> that is so sad for you. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's pretty chill. Like we just kind of hang out in like the lounge and just have meetings with our creators. Like we only yeah. have FaceTime maybe two to three times a year if we're lucky like playlist and vidcon is the main time we're yeah. gonna get facetime with them so take them for lunch take them for dinner discuss strategies what's totally, happening the yeah. projects that you're working on make sure that the channel's up to optimization make sure that they're set up for success so we have different departments that come like our merch team you know audience development that actually help work one-on-one -on -one with our creators to make sure that their channel on the back end is set up properly so it's really really cool they get facetime with other departments as well and then on the other side of creators, we more so VidCon than playlists, but like we would get to meet with brands and make sure that like our relationship with them is strong and, you know, pitch new creators and make sure they're up to date with our roster as well. Yeah, definitely. VidCon and playlists are like a little bit different just in the sense that like VidCon's way bigger. Way bigger, I've heard. Older demographic, like not that much older, still like young adults like going to that and you have more of your traditional old school YouTubers that go to that. Yes. Like playlist is becoming a little bit more younger. Like it's almost like more TikTokers this, this year. This year it seems is like. a huge focus on TikTokers. It's actually crazy. Yeah. Well, I think just like if you look at the audiences, I mean, even one of my clients that's like a little bit older, yeah. he's like concerned about like doing like um, oh, yeah. panels because he's like does anyone actually like care what I'm talking about? And I'm like, that's like a totally a fair. It's yeah. fair to say, but um. Yeah, so like with VidCon, since it's an older demographic, it's just so much more industry. Like at Playlist, there's no yes. industry level like type passes, but he, but for VidCon, VidCon, because it's in LA, which is like such a hub, so many people Everyone will goes. just go there like for the day. And yeah, they have like an entire industry level where like the passes are like crazy more expensive, but mm. everyone's there with their company. So their companies are paying for it. So that's why they can like jack up the prices. But yeah, like we meet with brands there as well. And it's actually like, another amazing time to get FaceTime with people because that's how you can lock in like bigger, better deals essentially. Yeah. And it's funny because like now it's TikTok, but like three years ago, four or five years ago, it was Vine. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now Vine is Byte. Oh yeah. B-Y-T-E, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh and apparently God. they're rolling out monetization. So that, who knows how, what next year will look like. Wait, I did not know that. Is that Vine 2.0? Apparently. I haven't even like looked, looked at it. it. I literally just heard about it like yesterday and I haven't. Should we start an account and become a bite, bite star? I was actually thinking that same thing because it's like you want to be you one of the, be first the first early adopters to it. This is it. This is it. I also would feel very <laughs> weird as like a 27 year old. So true. Because like even like the older people that are on TikTok, I'm just like, oh. It's scary. Like if you're over 50 on TikTok, I, I question a little bit. Well, even like like I'm not going to say like over like 30, but it just depends on the type of content you make. Like if you're still making just like real, like genuine content, yeah. fine. But when you're making like Sketches. those weird, like Orbeez, like freeze shit in a yes. fridge, like trying to market yourself to like the 10 year olds that are on the platform, that's what I have an issue with. And it's not from like a pedophile standpoint. No. It's just it's weird. weird. Why are you doing that? It's funny that we say this, but because one of our favorite duos is Jason Nash and David Dobrik and they have like <laughs> a 20 year age difference and it couldn't be the best pairing. Like it's the best pairing ever. Yeah, they actually have a very, very good pairing. It's and I mean, so good. to like say 
what's like a really good brand partnership is like David Dobrik and SeatGeek. So it's like good. the match made in heaven. There's been so many articles written on it, but it's like he literally will just like call up SeatGeek and be like, I want to buy a car for my friend. Will you sponsor this video? And they're just like, yeah, sure, whatever. Like it's that insane. is the type of partnership I need in my life for someone. If I can call up a company and they give, I'm presuming like 20, 30 to $50,000 per video. Like that's a dream. I honestly, I think they give him at least a hundred grand. Yeah, probably. He's I mean, like the Teslas, it boy right yeah. now. Like even like his views are still massive and can totally warrant it. Yeah. But even like they're getting like 10 million views right now. So like him getting a hundred grand is like not unfeasible. The, uh, totally. Yeah. I wonder. And I wonder how much he gets after he buys the cars. Like, do you think he has a partnership with the car dealership? Probably no, because I no. remember like listening to their podcast, like okay, where he was yeah. like, I haven't checked he went to like a dealership and they just like were kind of like dicking him around. And he was like, I don't have to give you my money. He went to right. another one. So right. I think it's very individual every mm -hmm. time because he doesn't go to the same dealership. He gets a different brand no. type of car every time. And he must be getting money as well because it can't be all going to the cars because he makes no AdSense. Because yeah, he makes his content no is not favorable to advertisers. So YouTube doesn't pay him. It's not even that. It's because he uses copyright music. That is That's true like as actually well. the main thing now at least. Like they just get claimed. Ugh. Because I still get ads sometimes, but that's it's just true. that's just not going to him because he wants to play ABBA's Dancing Queen know, like in every like, video. What a fire song. Yeah. I love that. Every time I drink, I have to listen to it. <laughs> So one of the next big things that we've done in the past, so I know you weren't on our team yet when Adpocalypse happened. I don't even think you're at the company yet. No, I was in sales. Were oh, you? Oh, you know what? No, I was 2.0. 2.0. Okay. Yeah. So the original no, I wasn't Adpocalypse, there. which I can't remember if we talked about this in the podcast, like how Adpocalypse happened. No, like, I don't think we did. Okay. So PewDiePie, one of like the biggest, he has over a hundred million subscribers mm -hmm. on YouTube. It's like between him and T-Series, they're always kind of like oh, fighting for the most amount of subscribers. But yeah, so very quick rundown because he went on Fiverr, had these like foreign kids from right. like a third world country, write some anti-Semitic things on a piece of paper. And he put it in his video, which he was highlighting that he thought it was hilarious mm -hmm. or I guess sad that they would do anything for money, even though they were from a third world country. Right. Um, but that just caught the eye of like someone, I think it was like the New York times or like a really big publication. And they were just like, Whoa, like there's ads running on this video. So I don't know what ads exactly it was, but they're just like, that means like your company is correlated with this guy that yeah. is putting anti-Semitic stuff out there for people to watch. So that just like got a ton of huge brands to just immediately pull out pull their out. ads from YouTube, like overnight almost. It was like within a couple of days it happened. So scary. And because that happened, everyone's AdSense just took an absolute nosedive. Yeah. And, and YouTube kind of before that was kind of a lawless place. You could upload whatever you wanted. The like, weirdest shit was on YouTube, man. Yeah. The like I, holes. I started at this company in 2015 and it was like, you could literally do anything. Yeah. And once this adpocalypse happened, that's when people were like, Oh, Oh, okay. Cause I guess that was early 2016. Yeah. That would make sense. Um, but then YouTube instituted, not safe for all advertisers. Like before yeah. it was like, you had a green little monetization icon. You're like, yep, you're making money. But then once that happened, YouTube was like, actually we're going to review every single video. And if it's not appropriate for all ages, then you're getting limited ads, which means limited revenue. Yeah. And it was like almost like hypersensitive in the beginning. I was just going to say, cause it's done automatically the first review. So it's like anything within your metadata, the video that might be wrong, it could be flagged and which like 
if we think it's wrong or the creators think it's wrong, you can like appeal it and get a second review and then an actual human being will do it and then realize, like, oh, we actually know you're good to go. But it's all like as much as it's like, oh, well, like that seems fair. It's actually like pretty shitty because it can take up to 24 hours for that totally. review. And the, in that time, the video has been live. And that's the most views you're going to like. Yeah. And you get your do. views within the first 24 hours. So that's why like a lot of creators get really frustrated. And I mean, it's evolved. Like there was Adpocalypse 2.0. Yeah. Was that? Logan, the Logan Paul thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did talk about that on a previous one where like he was in the suicide forest, made a video of someone that he found in the suicide forest. And like that just caused the same ripple effect all over again or domino effect. It was nuts. Yeah. So it's like even these scandals, we'll go into the scandals more later, but you mentioned it. It's just like, it's a snowball effect. It's not just them that they're affecting. It's not just Logan Paul that took a dive or took a hurt. It's like YouTube changes a platform, which then in turns changes other creators and hurts them in, in a way as well. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, Logan Paul or PewDiePie had any intention of doing that, of but you, like not. the first time it happened, everyone was like, Oh my God. Like yeah. you just couldn't believe that one person could cause such a big ripple. <laughs> Literally changed the whole platform as it was completely. And ever since then, it's just kind of been like evolving and it kind of seemed like every like three to four months, there was like another punch to the gut of like, you yeah. now have to pivot again. And it was our job to help creators figure that out sort of yeah. thing like, like you know f at first it was like they're looking at just your metadata note now they're looking at your thumbnail so anytime someone was like i want to make a clickbaity thumbnail with like Think again girls <laughs> boobs or butt or whatever which yeah. in the past was like totally fine and it worked for people they had to completely pivot everything and now the latest one Ugh, now we're dealing with a new thing which which I guess I'll I'll start this one off by saying like it's funny because back then with the adpocalypse it was like kids content was like just going through a boom. It was like people dressing yeah. up like Elsa, Spider-Man, Spider being weird like non-non-verbal weird. weird dances with like weird kids music in the background that like not necessarily is the worst thing for kids to watch but it's just like creepy they're older people. It's like why is this happening? It was super weird. Like people would like upload thumbnails where it would be like a pregnant Elsa with like fake shots in the belly. Yeah, like it, it just weird. made no sense. And so at some point, like that was like the first round was like, Hey, we need to get rid of every single one of these channels the because they're Any superhero related. Yeah, it was superhero stuff, big Disney IP type of stuff gone. And I don't think like our network was affected that badly by that. I can't remember. Not affected, one. but it, it affected the sales team in terms. Cause I was on sales. Um, not for this time, but like, it was a year and a half ago when we started looking at kids channels being, it was kind of weird. Like the superheroes thing that was like a year and a half ago, it was just like, we didn't want to work with any of those. So it didn't affect us as a network as a whole, but in terms of like moving forward sales wise, it just had to be more picky of who you pick. Yeah. Cause those to. channels were huge numbers. Some of them were getting were like huge. hundreds of millions of views a month, which is like a huge, huge. partner that like we would typically want to work with. So that was kind of like the first one. Then it just kind of turned into like, so in the beginning it's like, we want kids content yeah. when the first adpocalypse happened. Then it turns into actually kids content is really eeky. Like yeah, they take ugh. first, they take those channels. Then it started like now, I guess, when was it like September, October of 2019? Yeah. They basically were like, we, or no, I guess it was probably spring of last year that they started turning off say, comments yeah. on a lot right. of channels. Yeah. Um, so like family vlogging channels, like channels of anyone that had like minors, like 13 and under yeah, in it, they would just turn facing. their comments off. And everyone was like, oh, that's really weird. And we thought it was just going to be like a couple weeks type of thing because yeah. YouTube was like, look, there's some pretty unsavory shit happening in these comments. Like there's like almost like pedophiles, like rings, yeah, yeah, pedophile rings, like talking to kids within the comments. And not even talking with kids, they would like... 
from what articles that I've read. Obviously, like YouTube's not going to speak on it fully, but, but apparently, in terms of this like pedophile ring, they would put like keywords or code words in the section to alert the other people that this is a video that they should watch because it's like shining kids in a weird light like it yeah. was just the weirdest thing and they did the right thing with turning off the comments like it sucks for the creators but at the end of the day you want to keep everyone safe and that's disgusting what's happening out there yeah and I guess like probably the hardest part is like us as managers we're like yeah that totally makes sense but then you have creators that like family vlogging channels where they're like taking their kids on vacation and they're at the beach and their kids are in swimsuits and you're nothing. like as a normal person you're like that's just kids. Totally. But as like YouTube, you're like, no, this is a reason for someone to come here and not yeah. do good things in the comments. And another thing would be like gymnastics. Like, Oh, kids, gymnastics took a massive, massive hit. And that's like a huge genre on Facebook or on YouTube. Sorry. There's like, there's like team channels, collab channels, individual channels. And a kid normally like a normal person watching a child in a leotard doing a dance routine is cute. That's awesome. But to other people, that's like, ooh, those are weird shots. They're doing weird angles. Like, it's just. Yeah. It's so like, it started yeah. It started with that in early spring of last year. And then, mm -hmm. like, near the end of 2019, it was basically like, hey, so, like, we're actually removing targeted ads yeah. from kids' stuff, which is basically, like, the opportunity for, like, those ads that run before videos, like, brands will buy the spots on people's videos and they just couldn't say, Hey, we want to target like eight year old girls yeah. for this like Barbie dream house type of ad. You're not allowed to do that anymore because it was to protect kids. Cause they're young and very like, what's the word? Like naive, I guess. So like naive. they'll like whatever they see sort totally. of thing. Influential. So, yeah. Influential. Yeah. Um, so Influential. YouTube just kind of was like, you can't do that anymore. And so with that type of ad being removed on kids stuff, YouTube was basically like, you guys might see like an 80% reduction in your revenue, and which boy is, did they do. oh, it's, I mean, it being within the first month of 2020, it's not as bad as we thought it would be. No. Like a lot of people, like now that you can only get, like, I think it's called like contextual ads for kids stuff. Mm. What I heard um, was because now all the brands are fighting for those contextual ads, it's actually driving their CPMs up. Oh, so okay, even though, going. yeah. So even though there's like maybe less ads out there, it's higher amount. Higher so it's like quality over quantity yeah. sort of thing. So it, but that just like put everyone in an absolute tailspin at the end of 2019, because it's like, there's so much murky area. Yeah. It was like, anyone 13 and under can't be in the video or it's constituted as a minor yeah. and then you will get limited ads on that and they also there were sorry they were also like and we'll wait till january to really release the big news so everyone was waiting for this big news to yeah come for in january. like three four months everyone was just like on the sitting on their there. seat or and the everyone was like do i drastically just delete my channel should i change a new one what do i do and we're just like we have to wait till january and january came and like you said it wasn't it was still a big deal but not the biggest deal in terms of revenue differences yeah i think the most wild part that like really got people scared was you had to classify your videos as made for kids or yeah. not made for kids and if you didn't flag it properly you could get fined like what was it 500 dollars? no no it was like a huge amount oh. it was like i think oh forty seven thousand dollars. i think is what it was what oh i don't remember the i remember being fined but i don't i didn't know the total i think you might have been away when oh yeah that I first also, round came out i was in europe for th two months while yeah this all happened so yeah no but like which at the end of the day no one really believes is going to happen. I think that's just to scare people because yeah. you'll have people that are very blatantly making content that's like for kids. Yeah. But then you're like, nope, it's not for kids. And if you just keep abusing the system, that's when like COPPA, who's like totally. making all these rules, will come in and potentially fine you. But like, I 
I don't know. It's hard know. to say. And I also feel bad because they keep on releasing um, videos, COPPA videos, explaining like what the new rules are. And I just feel bad for the girl that has to be in that video. Oh like, my she's God. She's probably the most hated <laughs> <laughs> for no reason. Obviously she's just doing her job. But yeah, that was like a big part of Q4 2019 for us. A lot of headaches, a lot of meetings, a lot of strategies and a lot of rollouts to come out. Yeah. <laughs> <to> come. <laughs> um, I guess like some like miscellaneous, excuse me, burp. Oh, cute. 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 Um, <laughs> as we were saying before, I'm like, I would love to burp into this mic. It would probably make such a nice sound, but uh, I didn't. I just bit. saved your ears. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. Some of the miscellaneous stuff that like I've done in the past was like, we've worked on like influencer tours, like where they like go city to city and do kind of like a mini show or like a meet and greet. And like the specific ones we did were like with third party companies who like kind of for most part took care of everything. Yeah. But we're now like trying to roll it out um, to do it for some one off shows as well. But that was just like an extra. I guess at the end of the day, we're here to bring in extra revenue streams for totally. creators. That's a hundred percent every time when I was in sales. That's what I would say. Like our main focus is obviously YouTube and support. But at the end of the day, we'd love you know extra money. Yeah, because like I tell my clients all the time, like you need to diversify your revenue stream. Totally. You can't just rely on YouTube because I mean, look at how much has changed just in like four or five years. It used to be you can do anything. Now you have such strict guidelines on what you can do. So like if YouTube shuts down tomorrow and all of your money comes from YouTube, like you're absolutely screwed. Like you need to go to like Facebook for monetization. You need to do merch. You need to do podcasts. Yeah, podcasts. You need to do brand deals, Instagram. Like you just like, you need to dip your foot into everything. So if everything goes to shit and you got a backup plan, you got to make that t-shirt line. Yeah. And funny, we can help you because we also do merch. We also do merch (laughs) in-house. We have like a dedicated merch team that like they'll design everything and we'll set up the store for you completely. Like literally at the end of the day, all the creator has to do is say like. Approve designs. Yeah. Like tell us what kind of design you want or just approve the ones that we send you because we think it might do well mm-hmm. and then just promote it totally. and actually like, like it. Cause I mean, I've been in some situations where <laughs> the partner's just like, yeah, sure. Whatever. And then they like never promote it. And it's like, why is my merch selling? Uh, you're just like, what? You don't back it. If you don't yeah. love it, your people are not going to love it. Cause we do have like one person in the network. He wears his merch in every single video and so his good. sales are just like booming. And it's just like, we just want to recreate that with someone. But at the end of the day, it's a little bit unrealistic yeah. like, to wear in every single video because you also want to have like your own personal style. style but it all comes down to involvement like there we have some creators that literally just approve designs and we have also other creators that like send us designs that they want to use like they create their own design so yeah i'm actually wearing one of the designs of our partners right now it's so did cute. i show this to you before um i saw it on the back of your chair not on your body Very oh. cute. <laughs> <laughs> i, I love it cute for anyone i mean not that you guys can like see but it's a cruelty it says cruelty free on it. it's kind of like a edgy band tea type of thing and it's like a really like rabies looking rabbit very rabies yeah diseased yeah but i'm into it it's for one of our beauty creators it's very like she only works with like cruelty free and vegan lines so she was like i want to do a cruelty free shirt and she's she's also very like edgy and loves to do like punk rock type stuff so i do love her i have met her once perfect mixture cute so influencers as a whole i just kind of like made a couple notes here just to like talk about what you were saying before is like how some people just completely rag on influencers yeah. and it's like at the end of the day, yes, like some of them just look super laid back. Like they're not doing anything. Yeah. And I think there's like some level of them that they don't even really make money from being influencers. Like totally. on let, let's just, let's just take Instagram influencers. For example, they're not making any money off of the platform unless they're doing sponsorships, but there is a certain level of them that like 
they just have parents' money. So, like, they're 100%. constantly traveling and they live this, like, very frivolous life. And it's like, sure, go ahead. Be jealous of those people for all I care. You know what? That's their trust fund speaking. Yeah. You know what? But we have other trust fund babies. No. Um, I wish that I was one. <laughs> but I think at the end of the day, like, there's there's a lot of influencers that seriously bust their ass. And bust it's, like, ass. insanity to me because I've tried to have a YouTube channel. I've tried to do Instagram. And it, it's hard to make really good content that people want to look at. It's really hard. Like, you make fun of those people that are like, oh, I got to go shoot and take photos. And, you know, I got to film this. I got to film that. Like, it doesn't seem like a lot because you're just sitting down watching a four-minute video. But it's, like, reality, they probably have, like, 45 minutes of footage that they're chopping down to a shorter video. Yeah, when I used to do like my beauty videos, mm-hmm. it would take me like an hour and a half to like cut down all the footage. And yeah. even then I wasn't even like that good of an editor. So for, for people that actually put the effort in, I can only imagine. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're like creating a brand. So it takes a lot more effort. And for brand deals, it might seem like it's just they're opening, you know, their camera filming a 90 second integration. But there's a lot that goes through it. You have to send in for approvals. And if a brand has like a suggestion, you have to go and refilm it, re-edit it. It's just like, you can't just film a video and then put it up for a brand. Yeah. You have to get like, four rounds of approval make it have the scheduling uploaded everything yeah so there's definitely like ton of them that work hard i think there was one girl that she's she doesn't work with us anymore she's a lovely girl though um but she's like i want to get better views on my videos on youtube and like one of the main things that a lot of people forget which is the easiest tip i would say on youtube is you have to upload consistently consistently and as much as you can. Like yeah. I would say minimum three times a week if you can allot the time. Totally. And she was like just full-time YouTuber and she was uploading once a week. And I was like, you need to bump it up to three times if this is the goal that you have in mind. And she's like, I just don't have the time. And I'm like, but <sighs> this, this is, is your, your full-time job. job. So this is where it's like, this is where people are like, oh my God, like you don't have the time. Like, so sometimes like I, I can get like that too. And I'm just like, no, you're more than capable of doing that. And it was funny cause like her, manager was like sitting with us and she was like you can do three days a week or three uploads a week like it's more than realistic so it's just kind of like well I do (laughs) have that judgy face as well like if this is your full-time job you should be making the most content that you can so I don't believe that you can only do one video unless it's like a 45 minute like Shane Dawson video yeah yeah, yeah. like you can pump out two four minute videos a week like that's I I guess like there's some level of like you just don't know what content to make but then Mm -hmm. there's like just the opposite side of the spectrum where you have creator burnout totally so you have people who are uploading so much and just grinding so hard that eventually just one day they wake up and they're like i'm not doing this anymore and they take this massive break and some of them come back some of them don't yeah but you know there was um another creator in the network who they we invited them to come to one of our events and he's like i can't come i'm so busy filming content that right. I just can't afford to leave and come. And one of the other managers was like, you, cause he was actually filming his videos and then editing them himself, right. even though he was at a level where he could pay an editor and he would still be making like buttloads of money. Totally. And he just refused to get an editor. And his manager here was like, you need to work smarter, not harder. And mm-hmm. it's like stuck with me. I'm just like, that makes so much sense. Um, you need to be able to, what's the word? Um, like get other people to do it. What's it called? Outsource. Uh, delegate. To, outsource. Delegate, outsource, yeah. whatever it is. Like when you reach a certain stature and you can afford to like have mm-hmm. at least one person to help you out with stuff do because it. creator burnout is going to like just creep up on you. And, and you don't, you don't even see it coming because again, 
a lot of influencers are influencers because, or like YouTubers especially are famous because they like being alone. They like filming to totally. a camera alone. So like when you, I find a lot of them ha- go through a lot of like, um, mental, not mental disorders, um, mental health mental type health, of stuff. Yeah. They just, they're so overwhelmed. And it's also hard. Cause it's like, we go to an office nine to five and then we can come home. And so even though we're like on our emails all the time, it's like, we have the association of like, this is our office. This is my home time. But if you're a vlogger who vlogs every day, when you get up and till, till you go to bed, it's like, your work is wherever you go. And like, you see a lot of people, like I follow these YouTubers that they went on their honeymoon and they're like, we're not going to film for two weeks. So we'll see you in two weeks. And they uploaded a video on the next day. Cause they're just like, we can't get away from the camera. We're so obsessed. So that's, that's when the point where it's like, you got to step back and like put boundaries in your whole life. Because it's like, if you can't not film for a day on your honeymoon, that is when we have issues. I think. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. Like there's so many situations where like a really big family vlogging channel, like the Bertales, Yeah, they're, son had unfortunately passed away like in his sleep due to like i think it was like heart disorder or something something like that yeah and they live streamed his funeral oh that's such a poor taste i even like i don't even understand like celebrity when they do it like i understand you have fans but i just think that's the time where we 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 pull back and we just i don't know you need to keep certain things like to yourself so like even though like sometimes there's like youtubers that like they're getting married they're like actually i'm keeping this private and i'm not gonna totally. show it to you guys that's just like my thing to have like as much as you're like that sucks i really want to see it but you're like as for the for the better it totally makes sense and like colleen colleen ballinger got married to josh i can't even remember his last name now josh the one, DTV, the one they divorced he filmed himself walking down the aisle like i think that's way too much like, what it was really weird you can go back it's probably still on their channel but like he was filming his whole entire walk like it was really weird chances are they're going to upload they're going to have a photographer there videographer so it's like a youtuber doesn't have to film the whole day like they're going to have that video anyway they can post but i just thought that was weird and you know what i'm gonna say that's why they got divorced i was six months i wanted to say that (laughs) i think it was a good year or two no i think they were together for a while it seemed very fast after they got really fast again we should we can do a whole podcast on this, but like celebrities who date for like 10 years and they get married and then divorce within a year. It just, it's mind blowing to me. I know. I think like, especially now, like the Johnny Depp and Amber Heard shits just getting dragged out. It's literally been since 2015. I have stopped. What's up? Like I've stopped caring about it. There's like <laughs> now after all this time, after she's been like, you hit me, you were physically abusive. Now he's submitted like voicemails of her where or actually it wasn't even a, was it a phone call in person? Some sort of recording where he's basically like, you need to stop hitting me. And she's like, I just can't promise that to you. So it's like, she's also oh admitting. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, just Sidebar. whatever you have to do, sign the papers. Get walk over away. with. Walk away. I know his team keeps saying like, she's just trying to extend her like 15 minutes of fame because like, she's not a well-known actress. I really have no idea like what she's done. I know that she's blonde. Did you see Aquaman? No, you probably didn't because you don't watch anything. Bye. Jason <laughs> Momoa who? Oh my God. Yeah, you don't like him. I don't get it. I don't get, but Love apparently, but apparently he did a really funny Super Bowl commercial that I really want to watch because all my friends were like really, they loved it. Oh, well, you should find that there. I know I should. <laughs> um, Another note that I had here was influencer loyalty. So I guess like we never really talked about how like size size doesn't matter yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's so true like you have these like youtubers that have like millions of subscribers and you think like wow they haven't made but it's like 
the way that the industry has shifted, people actually want more micro influencers or like totally. mid tier influencers. Cause these big influencers have kind of gotten to a point where they're just so expensive and like they're so expensive. Like think about it. If you've been an OG YouTuber since 2008, you don't have like, not every single one of your subscribers is still an active subscriber. No like way. 2008 was 12 years ago. So let's say I was 10 years old and I liked your content as a 10 year old. Am I going to like it? No. As a 22 year old, not necessarily. So like even like Tyler Oakley, for example, who's still a very big personality. Yeah, I still love he, him. Yeah, exactly. I like he built, he built his millions of subscribers on, I think it was like how to get a boy to like you type of videos. And like everyone yeah. liked him, but then he, came out of the closet as gay and he wanted to start making like pro LGBTQ content, but that's not what the subscribers were there for. Like he just completely changed it, completely pivoted and like didn't take into account. Oh yeah. I actually have like 15 year old girls as my demographic, but actually a lot of them are dead subscribers cause they've aged out of your content and like no one, it's not like Instagram where people unsubscribe for you when they don't want to see your subscribers right. just stay, just stay like no one makes the effort on YouTube to unsubscribe. So it's, Again, at the end of the day, size doesn't matter because it's really about your engagement and your yeah, loyalty from your followers. Say. There's a lot of YouTubers that you'll see that have like two to four million subscribers, but when you go to their videos, they only have like 20 to 60,000 views per video. And that's when you know either they're an OG YouTuber, they had one off viral video where everyone subscribed to them, they changed their content. I don't know if they're just like completely different now and they're not getting the views that they used to. Yeah, exactly. Like the same thing on Instagram as yeah. well. Like you sometimes just get like a viral person that we're like, you're. 15 minutes of fame yeah. and then you just can't match the same content sort of thing. But at least like on Instagram, like people will unfollow you if they get annoyed. It's also funny because there's a challenge going around on YouTube now that it's like how much I make for blank subscribers. Like Shelby church always does that. She once a year uploads how many, how much money she makes in a year because she now has like a million subscribers. But again, but that doesn't have anything to but do. That's what I'm saying. It. It's really funny. Cause everyone's like, I have 5 million subscribers on YouTube. Like I'm so big. It's like, yes, you are when you look at it just blankly, but when you go in through, look at the engagement rate, who's commenting on, how many likes do you get? It's probably not 4 million. <laughs> I think that's like another like equation, like kind of going back to like brand deals, like when creators price themselves, they're like, even though like, like you said, they're getting like 25,000 views yeah. per video, let's say, but, and they're like, but I have like 2 million subscribers. It's like, that You're doesn't invisible. correlate. No. At the end of the day, the advertiser is paying for one video and they want to know how many eyes will be on yeah. that video. It's not all 2 million. No, it's 20,000. Sorry. I've actually had people, a lot of the, cause we work globally. So we have clients like all over the world, but I've had a lot of um, like our UK people. Yeah. They're like, they take their overall all time views into account Which for their rate cards. No and I'm like, sense. I don't, I guess they're just like, look, I'm capable of like getting this many eyes on overall my yeah. content, which like, I guess makes sense, but I'm just like, it makes how sense, can you even calculate this into a rate? Like it just makes no sense. I see where they're coming from. But like, if you look at the brand perspectives, like I don't care about your all time videos because my product's only going to be in one video. And if lately you've only been pulling a hundred thousand views, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Pay 100%. You more. So at the end of the day, even if you have like 5,000 followers, and your engagement's high, so like 6% and above, yeah. then like you're rocking it. And like you can start working with brands at that level because they just want to know that however much money they're paying you, there's like a correlation yeah. to how many people are actually going to like see the post and respond well to it. Totally. I mean, like I should pitch myself brand deals because like my engagement is like 33%. Yeah, yours is wild. <laughs> and I mean, mine's like absolute garbage. So like mini story time. Yeah. One of my clients who has That's like right. a very large following tagged me in 
one of his photos and I ended up getting like 13,000 followers on Instagram, which I was like, I'm not going to lie. I had like my head in the clouds and I was like, wow, look at me. I'm famous. <laughs> and I'm I like, waiting. I milked it as soon as possible. Like I got a couple free, like Daniel Wellington watches, which I gave all to my fiance. Cause I don't really wear watches. I was like, I just want to feel important. I love that. Yeah. Um, but now it's like, it's so embarrassing. <laughs> Actually, wait, what did it's I get up to? Maybe I got up to like 15. No, 13 something. Anyways, now it's just like every day I just consistently lose people on Instagram. Aww. And it's so embarrassing because I'm just like, not that I take my Instagram like super seriously, but it's just like, I don't want people to think like I bought those followers. Totally. Like it's just this perception type yeah. of thing. And it's like, even though I have like, now I'm down to like 12,000. Like I literally just went from 12.1 to 12. Ew. I know. <laughs> Loser. The nice thing is about Canada or now the US too. It's like, you can't see how many people liked your photo. So don't that's actually that very bad. true. I can see everyone else's still though. Cause I have a business account. I have a business account too. Well, maybe it's cause I have a certain amount of followers and you don't. Shut up. She can do the <laughs> swipe up link and it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> All I want in I'm life I'm gonna is lose it soon though. Once I go back to ten, like less than ten thousand, it's gonna be gone. I wonder if they can revoke it. I'm sure or that they like do. An automatic feature. I, I, I don't just, know. I need that. I need to swipe up to things. I want to do the with my finger swipe up here. Yeah. <laughs> I want to pull my finger up the screen. Yeah, but it's like I get like on a good picture like 150 likes on 12,000 like followers like that's not a good thing. I don't know what it is but I it's not good. literally <laughs> posted a video or a picture on Saturday and it's my most liked photo and it's only 147 something likes. I had like one photo that got like 2,500 likes but that's because it was Jesus. like right after he and I posted like the same photo. Oh yeah. 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 But like I can honestly say I knew all 150 odd people that liked it. So there you go. <laughs> They're not randoms. And with that, follow me at Tony Rose Goulden. Thank you. So. Follow me at Alex Carcho. <laughs> two X's. K-E-R-C-S-O. Oh, God. Please. I just don't want to dip below 10,000. She doesn't need. Get me to my swipe up link. <laughs> <laughs> How many are you at? Like a thousand? 640 oh. something. Let me check. Yeah. Like that's the thing is like I just like. Even with the Daniel oh. Wellington ones, they sent me like three watches and I felt like shit because I'm just like, mm-hmm. I got two followers today. I'm at 650, but also I was talking to my cousin because we were at this wedding this weekend and obviously we're taking like gorgeous photos in the mountains and he is very obsessed with Instagram. He wants to be an influencer. He acts like it and I love him, but he has like over 2000 followers and he's like, I know all these people. And I'm like, if we had Instagram like it was today in high school, oh my God, we would have I would be the, famous. We I would, know I would be. Well, I just know it. No, me too. Like, I feel like we had Instagram, but it was nothing like it is today. We didn't have stories. Well, Instagram. Well, I guess because you're you're one year younger than me, so yeah. Instagram was like very early stages, very like early. one year after high school. So it would have been like yeah, like your grade twelve. It's year. like I had it on my iPod. <laughs> and I, I remember I, switching from a BlackBerry to an iPhone just so I could get Instagram. Oh, that's crazy! I never even. I remember my friend Amanda had was the first one to get an iPhone. She's like, "You need to try it over." I'm like. I will never trade to an iPhone. She had Instagram before I did. I didn't even know really what it was. I didn't care at all. I just switched. I don't even know why I switched, but I made the switch and I'm never going back. Yeah. Well, thank God for that (laughs) because BBM died a long time ago. Remember? Oh my God. I lost my phone so many times. So I'd always have to be like new BBM pin. Add me. (laughs) I know we have memories now on Facebook. So it's like every day it's like I get my memory from eight years ago. It's like new pin. Add me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll never live it down. I think that's all the notes that I had. Did you have anything else to add on influencers? No, I think influencers are whole or complicated. What we do is complicated. 
But yeah, there's no like template answer to like when someone's like, what do you do? And it's like it's every, so every influencer is different, whether they're in the beauty category, entertainment, sports, gaming, it's different things are important to different people. It's a new age job. Literally our job never existed 10 years ago, like 15 years ago. Wasn't yeah. a thing. Like yeah. it's crazy and it's really cool. I love my job. And I think we should lead into your apology of the week. My apology of the week. Okay, so my apology of the week goes to my puppy. Her name is Poppy. Puppy! Poppy the puppy. And I've just been like an absolute fucking stress case over the past week because like I'm I'm crate training her. So like I live across the street from my office. So like I have the luxury that like I can go home at lunch to like feed her. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, because she has to eat every eight hours because she's so small. It's I'm so annoying that I can't just leave the food out. Like, it's so annoying. But you have a Furbo. Yes. Oh, my God. Okay, I'll get into the Furbo. Oh, sorry, sorry. But my apology is just to Poppy because I just feel terrible. Like, she just, she's a baby. She's, like, not even 12 weeks old yet. She's a little teacup poodle. She's I talked so about her already, right? Yeah. Um, I think, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We did a big announcement. Yeah. <laughs> and she's just so tiny and she just whines. And I bought the Furbo, which is, like, this pet camera it was like 250 dollars canadian which so is so worth it so worth it because i bought this like really like weird chinese one for like 40 dollars, <laughs> and i swear to god it just watched me while i was sleeping like it would turn on in the middle of the night and just like face me and steve and i was yeah. like what the fuck ew yeah but like the furbo is really cool because it actually like will send you a text and be like your dog's barking and then you can like you can talk to them. I don't talk to Poppy because it just gets her more riled up. Like she would just be like, where is she? Like, and then she wouldn't calm down, but you can like toss them treats, which I also don't do yet. Cause she's too young for treats. But could you replace it with food? Her food is so small. She, oh, right, yeah. she only eats a quarter cup of kibble a day. So Jesus. like if I toss treats at her, first of all, it's, it's so mortifying tiny. because yeah. it makes like this like, <laughs> like type of sound. So like, I think it would scare the shit out of her to be honest. Um, but it's, uh, it's really convenient, but it's also like stressing me the fuck out. Cause like today she like, she normally sleeps from like 9am to like one or two o'clock and then I go and feed her. I know, but today she like woke up at like 1130 and like wouldn't calm down. She was just like ripping everything apart in her pen. And I was like, (laughs) so apology goes to her for, I'm sorry. You have to learn to live without me. (laughs) And honestly, send that apology to your whole team. Cause it's really scary to talk to you. (laughs) I know, like, I keep, like, uh, like when she's, like, whining, because, like, like if I leave her, she has about a 10-minute wind down, and then she goes into her crate, and she falls asleep, and yeah. I'm just, like, staring at her the whole time on my phone, and I'll always, like, show it to either, like, you or to someone else. I'm just, I like, she's it. crying. Can you just, like, feel the, like, stress Sympathize. with me? It's funny, yeah. though, because, like, your phone beeps every time she fucking moves. So, like, every time your phone dings, you're like, what now, Bobby? <laughs> Why are you away? Like, she just, like, and it's, like, every five minutes. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> I mean, What's happening? I've cried like four <laughs> times. Like or every other day it feels like I cry. I've had a good couple of days streak without crying, but like it's just dogs are a lot. Like you're, I forgot how hard they are. You're a true new mom. I honestly I swear to God, I would almost like prefer to have a baby right now. Oof. I know. Don't Although at the same Careful time, getting a dog like makes me realize I don't want a baby. Like I was like, yeah, the reason why we got the dog is because I want, I told Steve, I was like, can I get pregnant after the wedding? And he's like, what? How about oh, we get a dog? Have you changed that? Have you changed your mind? You don't want to yeah, get pregnant Yeah, no. Year? I told Steve like I, the other night when I was like crying, I was like, I don't get to make big decisions anymore. No. Like, I, I'm like, why did you let me do this? He's like, you're saying this is my fault? And I was like, no. Steve. But just like, 
I need to think these things through more. So I think like Wait this is- Wait till your 30s. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I love her and she's finally starting to get into a groove. I think I, like dogs normally get separation anxiety, but I think I was getting the separation anxiety because I just 100%. felt bad leaving her. And I've had like my two friends who have dogs and they're like, it's a dog. She's fine. She's fine. As long as she has water, a place to sleep and like- you know, you can either leave them a pee pad yeah. in their little crate or you come and walk them, um, then they're fine. Like, she'll be fine. I'm like, at the end of the day, I'm like, I just don't want her to hate me. I know. I feel the same way when I got my first, like, or my kittens, like, a couple months ago. It was so, sc- like, the fir- every first was so scary. It's like yeah. leaving them alone for, you know, four hours the whole day. And then, like, the first night, New Year- or New Year's Eve, I let them, like, run wild like usually when they were like younger we would put them in the bathroom for the night but like the first night we like let them roam and i couldn't sleep all day i every like hour i was checking on them making sure they're okay like what are they getting into yeah she like constantly goes under my couch and tries to eat the brick in my building because it's like the the brick's like a little bit old so it kind of it's literally like powder just coming off yeah and so she's like eating it and i'm like can you not eat rocks like fuck me (laughs) and so you're just constantly chasing her but i got a bone last night which was like life-changing because every night you love your bone i love my bone yeah (laughs) she gets the zoomies every night like she just like runs around and i have a tiny apartment we can't walk her yet she doesn't have all her shots so i'm just like me and Steve just like sit there and she just jumps on us and bites us. And we're just like, okay, so this is life for the next 15 <laughs> years. That's so but funny. we gave her this bone and she just like fucked off for two hours last night. And I was like, this is amazing. That's amazing. She'll calm down. She'll get into her own. Once you can actually take her for a walk after her shots, like it'll just be so much better. Our cats are now outdoors. Like we have fully trained them, which is amazing. We don't leave them overnight or anything, but um, they go outside. But like the fresh air makes them so frisky. Like they're just running around. Like after we're just like, okay, get your energy out, go outside. But when they come inside, it's just like 10 times worse because they're so pumped up on like fresh air. Oh, it's horrible. So I just imagine like in their minds, they're like freedom. Oh yeah, yeah. Freedom. <laughs> well, they experienced snow for the first time this year and it was really funny. They're really scared of rain still and... They fell into my bathtub the other night. It was so disgusting. <laughs> I had to drain my bath, like right when I was about to get in. Oh, like you made the bath for yourself and they went in. Well, my nephew says that they fell in, but I'm pretty sure he put them in. Because <laughs> he was like strategically only half wet. Like only <laughs> He was like, dip? I was like, yeah, well, that's what I think what happened. But he's he remains innocent. And you know what? I'll never believe him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's it for this podcast, I that guess. That's fun. I think like... I would like to know if people want to know more about this because we, you have an influencer friend that actually like is a true influencer. Oh, totally. And he really wants to be interviewed. So if you have any questions, like you want to ask a true influencer or us as managers, DM us, email us. Maybe we'll do like an Instagram, uh, ask us anything sort of thing. And yeah, then fun. we can an- ask him those questions and I, invite him on. I love that. Yeah. He's, he's really excited. He loves us. Perfect. Well, Thanks for listening, guys. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at We Apologize Podcast. Yep. And we already plugged our personal Instagrams. Yeah. I'm going to give Colin another shout out today, though. Colin! Colin <laughs> helped us set up these beautiful microphones, which is why we're just crystal clear in your ear. It's so weird because like you're in my ear, too, because I'm wearing headphones today, and I'm like... I'm used to it now, but it was kind of weird for the first time. My like, ear's hurting from them. They're so heavy. I know. I hope you couldn't hear me, but I was like lifting my headphones off every like 10 minutes so i yeah, apologize yeah. if there's some ruffles no me too me too um but thank you again colin you to bomb awesome. because our production quality is just gonna go through the room you sick okay <laughs> <laughs> well we'll see you next week guys Alrighty, bye, bye.